Our scripture for this morning is taken from the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter, beginning at the 21st and reading down through the 43rd verses. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered around him and he was by the sea. Then one of the leaders of the synagogue named Jairus came and when he saw him, fell at his feet and begged him repeatedly, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she might be made well and live. And so he went with him. And a large crowd followed him and pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years. She had endured such much under many physicians and had spent all that she had, and she's no better, but rather grew worse. She had heard about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. For she said, if I but touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately her hemorrhage stopped and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. Immediately aware that power had gone forth from him, Jesus turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you? How can you say who touched me? He looked all around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling, fell down before him, and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Thus ends the reading of God's holy word. May he add his blessings to it. Some time ago, I read a cute joke about a young boy who was out walking with his mother and a nun dressed in her habit walked by. And the little boy looked at his mother and said, Mom said, who is she? What is she? And his mother looked at him and said, she's a sister of charity. The little boy said, which one, faith or hope? (laughs) The story is told about a visiting evangelist in a church who That night when the service was over, as he was exiting the church, this elderly woman caught him and pushed him into a clothes closet, a broom closet there in the vestibule, and confronted him and said, you know, I want a man. And he looked at her. He said, ma'am, I want a man. said, you're a preacher and you know how to pray. I want you to pray for me. To get a man. Well, he uttered some sort of a prayer, got away and was thankful he got away. A year later, he was back visiting the same church and this same elderly lady came walking up to him and she had a man on her arm. And she said, I just want you to know that your prayer worked. He asked her, said, well, you know, you scared me last year when you cornered me in the closet like that said, why did you do that? She said, well, I read in the scripture that those take it by violence. And so I wanted to get your full attention. So I grabbed you and pushed you into the closet so that you would be looking and listening only to me when you made your prayer. You know, this woman took the scriptures out of context because she was quoting Matthew eleven twelve, the violent take it by force, 
She said she'd read that and she believed that's what God wanted her to do when she grabbed the preacher and shoved him into the closet. You know, I believe Jesus would have liked that woman very much because he seemed to appreciate those who were persistent in what they wanted and what they asked for. You know, Jesus, I think, on many occasions would would like for people to ask. In one place in Luke's, he's, he said, Seek and you shall find, ask and it shall be given to you. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And then another place he said, You don't receive because you do not ask. You do not ask. You know... We read the scriptures lesson this morning. Jesus had just come across the Sea of Galilee in a boat, had gotten out, was walking along, and a crowd was there. And Jairus, who was a leader in the synagogue, came rushing up to him and fell down on his knees in front of him and begged Jesus to go heal his daughter. Now, most leaders of synagogue in those days would have nothing to do with Jesus because Jesus was preaching against a lot of their teachings. He was preaching against some of the things they were doing. And so for him to do that, he must have been desperate. He must have been desperate for him to come and to, to get down before Jesus like that, you know, to humble himself. You know, we don't ask a lot of things, do we? That's why men, when they get lost, don't ask for directions. Thank God for GPSs, you know. Whenever, whenever I got lost before I had a GPS, my philosophy was turn right. And it always came out right. I don't know why, but it did. But that was my philosophy. You don't know where you're going, turn right. And I guess that's why I'm sort of right wing anyway, because I like to turn right when I go when I get lost. There's once an article in a book of the one of the Chicken Soup for the Soul books that told a story about a little girl in the Girl Scouts by the name of Marquita Andrews. She's a little girl who lived in a bad section of town, but she was in the Girl Scouts, and she wanted to do something great. And so she read in one of the pamphlets they gave out, you know, Girl Scouts sell cookies. They don't, you don't see them as much anymore, but they do sell cookies. I remember once when I was here in Rock Hill at the old Main Street Church, I came out of church one Sunday, and one of the little girls in church, she came up to me, and she said, Mr. Phillips, you want to buy some cookies? I said, I don't know, Joy, how much are they? She said, $5 a box. I said, all I got is $5. She said, that's enough. <laughs> Took my last $5. You know. But this little girl, she decided she was going to sell cookies and make enough points to win the contest because the winner of the contest would get to go with another person on a trip around the world. And so she got busy. She decided what she was going to do. She needed a plan. And so she talked to her aunt. And her aunt told her, said, well, now, every time you go out, you go out dressed in your uniform. And said, you ask and you ask and you ask. And said, when you ask them, said, don't ask them to buy cookies. Ask them to invest in you. 
And so she went out and she began to ask and she say, you know, we're having a contest and would you like to invest in the contest so I can take my mother on a round the world trip? How many boxes, do you, how many dozens do you want? <laughs> she sold over 4,000 cookies, boxes of cookies that one time and won the contest. Since then, she sold who knows how many boxes of cookies and other things. She's gone on to be a salesman. She learned a valuable lesson that the secret to salesmanship is asking. The secret of salesmanship is asking. Jesus said, you have not because you ask not. What makes us so reluctant to ask? You know, we little kids know about it. You ever had one of your little ones ask you something, you tell them no, and they just come back, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I, can I? I want to, I need it. Can I have it? Can I have it? You know, and they finally try to wear you down. And a study shows that many times when they try to wear you down, that more than half the time it works. You know, because they just keep at you, keep at you, keep at you about it. I remember once when we were living in Great Falls and and Tina came in with one of her friends and she, she wanted to go somewhere with her friend and I said, no. She said, but but she's going. I said, she's not my daughter. You're not going. She looked at me and got mad. Well, I hate you. And took off upstairs to her room. And a little bit she thought about it. She came back and said, you know, Daddy, I don't really hate you. I said, I know, but you're still not going. <laughs> you, know, you know, well, you got to say no and mean no. But they'll keep at you and keep at you. And people are like that sometimes, too. They keep pestering you, don't they? There's nothing worse than a pest. You know, nothing worse than a whiny kid. Well, I want this, I want that. You know. But when we go to God, we ask for things that we need. We ask for things that we need. They did a study. And we find that they did a study on people who were applying for jobs and and they found that those who asked for a higher salary usually got a higher salary, starting salary. They did a study, and the personnel manager said, well, when we go to interview someone, we give them the salary range. Said some of them come in and offer to take less salary than in the salary range. Some come in and say, well, we'll just take what you're paying. Said, but if you come in and dare to ask for more, And said a lot of times those who ask for more get more starting salary. It doesn't pay hurt to ask. I always ask somebody to do something. I always figure they'll give me one or two answers, yes or no. And if they say yes, then they're going to do it. If they say no, I'll ask somebody else. But, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask because you'd be surprised sometimes the answer you give, you get. Of course, it wasn't not only that Jairus asked Jesus to go heal his daughter. It was important that who he asked, he asked Jesus. Why did he ask Jesus? I don't know. Maybe he looked at Jesus and saw hope. Maybe he had heard the rumors about Jesus. Maybe he had even been present when Jesus had done some of his miracles. 
Who knows? But the important thing is that he went and asked Jesus to come and heal his daughter, to come and touch her. And we know, of course, the rest of the story in another gospel says that he went. And when he got there, the little girl had already died. And Jesus said, she's just asleep. She's just asleep. She's not gone. You know, we, we find sometimes when we go to some place that's really important or we meet somebody that's important, that children have a way of humbling us, don't they? You ever notice that? They do. They do. When we go somewhere that that's important, I remember once we were we were going in Was- we were in Washington and we were walking around inside the Capitol building and we were in the statuary room where all the statues are. And all of a sudden, I heard a small voice saying, "When are we going back out, back outside to feed the chickens? Because we had been feeding popcorn." to the pigeons outside the Capitol building. In the whole thing, we saw all these statues of all these famous Americans, and the question was, when are we going back to feed the chickens? We have not because we ask not. Singer Bob Dylan was stopped on his way into his own show by security guards, and somebody was talking to him about it. He said, I can't blame him. He said, look at me. Look at me. Look how I look. He said, I can't blame them for stopping me. It's sad to be in the presence of greatness and not receive it, not see it. Jarius knew he was in the presence of greatness when he saw Jesus. Who Many who look at Jesus did not see his greatness, his uniqueness, his divinity. We don't know why Jarius was different, but we do know that he did ask, he did come, and he did believe in Jesus. And, of course, Jesus responded to his request. Jesus always responds to our request, not always in the way that we expect or the way that we hoped, but he does respond. Some of you may remember Bishop Fulton Sheen, who used to come on TV and radio, did an hour program on TV He was a Roman Catholic bishop in New York. And Bishop Sheen was invited once to go out to the Crystal Cathedral out in California to speak in Robert Shuler's church, the Crystal Cathedral. Say that. That's hard to say. But afterwards, he was getting into his limousine for another appointment, and someone handed him a note, a handwritten note, And he looked at it, and it was written by a woman who said she was just giving up on life and was ready to die. Bishop Sheen found out where she lived and took off in his limo, told his driver to go find her, and they went to the trailer park where she lived. And can you imagine her surprise when someone knocked on the door and she looked, and it was Bishop Sheen. He talked with her. Prayed for her. And when he left, he said, I think she's ready to live now and forever. Bishop Sheen took time to counsel a troubled woman who was in bad need. Jesus did that and more for Jairus. We find that when he he got there, 
heard his daughter had already died, and he brought her back to life. And all Jairus had to do was have the courage to ask. Learn from Jairus. Humble yourself and ask Jesus for what you need in your life. Not what you want. There's a difference. But what you need in your life. You know, we all have a lot of wants. We're all like children, you know. We want this, we want that. But do we need what we want? See, the promise in the Bible is that he will meet our needs, not all of our wants. But he expects us to ask. He expects us to ask for what we need. Amen. And...